Sam. Yeah, Don? What's the word? Halt. H-A-L-T? Yes. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Where'd you hear that? I I heard heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. You're Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. And you're Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. I'm glad you're you, Sam. (laughs) I'm glad you're you too, Don. (laughs) You're so you. (laughs) Sam, what comes in the mail once a month in a hermetically sealed, invulnerable, hard-to-open, white plastic envelope? Are you talking about a, a periodical? You know what I'm talking about. It's true. It's time. Put on your party hats. The new grapevines are here. (laughs) (laughs) This month's issue is titled Free on the Inside. AA members share powerful, helpful stories from both sides of prison walls. At long last, after the pandemic, prisons and jails are opening back up to AA. Thanks to outside correspondence, grapevines, and AA literature, members behind walls have found ways to get and stay sober. This month is full of stories of hope and recovery. In a winning team, four newcomer guys whose meetings got canceled in a lockdown Wisconsin cell block make a meeting happen anyway. In With Pen and Hope, a woman in Michigan shares how she loves walking incarcerated members through the steps one letter at a time. In a moment of stillness, a man in a Missouri prison loses his cool and finds peace when the outside volunteers show up just in the nick of time. You know, Sam, in our area, the prisons have just opened up after the pandemic, so it's been three years that there have not been any meetings inside of the prisons here. And we're trying to like reestablish networks and communications, kind of having to rebuild the whole thing from scratch. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's one of those things you had mentioned to me some time ago about how it's almost out of mind that AA ever was in those institutions and facilities. It yeah. just really needs to be brought back. Yes, it, it's such important work. Thank goodness that AA reaches out in that way. It's a big deal. Who's our guest today? Well, Don, today's guest is the author of Safe and Love. We welcome Christopher M. from Pompano Beach, Florida. His story is on page 51 of the July 2023 issue. He says he had trouble with the second step came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Because he was one of those that had tried faith and found it wanting before he came to AA. Uh, got some experience with that, too. I don't care. I want to hear what Christopher has to say. But first, <laughs> hey, here's Sam. a word from our sponsors. Sam, be sweet. I don't know how. It's one of my character defects. Sam, isn't it great the way AA just gives us this podcast for free? It doesn't work quite that way, Don. What? 
while we provide the podcast at no charge, we do have expenses. Grapevine is the only AA entity that does not accept contributions. Nothing from the basket or other money from your home groups. So to support the AA Grapevine podcast, please subscribe to Grapevine Magazine in print or digital. Or provide a subscription to someone in need through our Carry the Message program. Or purchase books or other items at aagrapevine.org slash store. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Christopher, and I'm definitely an alcoholic and an addict, and I live in Fort Lauderdale, which is just a little bit north of Pompano Beach, Florida, so right in the heart of Fort Lickerdale. (laughs) Fort Lickerdale. Well, Christopher, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Nothing quite like a surprise phone call from World Services to say, hi, we want to talk to you. (laughs) So uh, did you think your past was catching up with you? Had you gotten in trouble again? Is this like going to the principal's office? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, Bill Wilson wants to speak to you. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing it wrong. (laughs) Dr. Bob really thinks you have an issue here, you know. <laughs> what I like about the program is that it was founded with Bill Wilson, you know, and Dr. Bob, but Dr. Bob does not get enough credit, I don't think. No, he doesn't. Dr. Bob was a proctological surgeon. The man literally dealt with holes <laughs> for a living. It's true. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, so, and here we are. <laughs> Wait, what did you call me? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Like I said, I was surprised to hear that my story was in the edition of The Grapevine. So, um... yeah, Don told me it's like, uh, you know, you really need to read Christopher's mm. story before we talk to him. And I'm like, okay, fine. And then I had to respond back of, how dare you make me cry? <laughs> yeah, you got me teary eyed there, Christopher. It's It's a good one because I related. But one of the things I want to ask you is, how hard and scary is it to write an article for The Grapevine? Well, it's it's really horrific. It really is. I mean, you don't know who's going to read this thing. No, uh, honestly, <laughs> I had some experience in the past writing press releases and things when I was younger. So I'm used to writing things, but submitting things, you know, I basically approached it with a, listen, this is my story. Um, I'm just going to write it and submit it. And if anything happens to it, great. If not, I wrote it and I got it out for me. And then I forgot about it. So, you know, you get a call one day and they say they want to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, OK, I guess it's meant something for somebody. So so honestly, it's it was getting over the fear of writing. It was more about, wow, if I write this and put it in the mail, it becomes real and it's out of my control. And we all love totally lack of control. So, you know, <laughs> right. it sounds like an exercise in letting go. Yeah, yeah, it was. But it was also an exercise in being able to describe a little bit of the really hard journey for me to find a higher power that would work. Yeah. Because because yeah. I I thought I, you know, I went, I was in Catholic seminary when I was younger, you know, and uh, I was an altar boy. I was an Eagle Scout. You know, I tried to be the best little boy in the world, tried to do everything God wanted me to do, right? And I'm also... A, a gay man. And so, uh, unfortunately, there was this little conflict with religion and that. And, uh, you know, no, basically, I felt like I was stuck in a no matter what I did, I was going to hell was mm-hmm. the feeling. So you could be as good as you wanted to. But because of who I was, 
and that 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 internal homophobia as well as that internal uh, shame added to my addiction because mm-hmm. the thinking went, well, if these good people don't want me, well, there are people do. And you know what, if I'm going to go to hell, I might as well go, you know, and it fed into my addiction a lot. So when I came into recovery and was totally broken, I'd lost everything. I was living in my car in Palm Springs and had to go back to my parents who were not very great parents, but I've long since forgiven them and care about them still. I was stuck. I'm like, how am I supposed to deal with this God thing? I mean, God hates me, so what am I supposed to do here? We go to all the people's voices about what God or higher power has been to you and say to them, thank you for sharing. It's not going to work for me. I'm glad it worked for you. But if I don't find a higher power that works for me, I'm going to be dead. Mm -hmm. So I had to find one that worked for me. Was that your sponsor that helped you through that or it was someone else? I I believe it was somebody else um, because so I kind of had a few people that I would talk to until I settled in with one. So was there anyone growing up that you know was a good person who cared about you, who loved you? Yeah, okay. They're probably older. They may even be dead now. But, But you can think of, and you know, so if there's a good place in the universe, that's where they're at. I said, oh, yeah, my grandma. Could you tell your grandma anything? Yes. Did she love you? Yeah. Well, let's see. Grandma is good. She's old. She's dead. There's God. Start there. (laughs) Good, old, dead. Good, old, and dead. And, you know, people will go, what is this, ancestor worship and all that? You know, in the 12 and 12 and the big book, they talk about that we just need to get the door open for faith. And that was the getting the door open because my door was slammed closed and nailed, you know, and I didn't have anything else to turn to. I couldn't trust, you know, the traditional things that people were saying because apparently they prejudged me as who I was. So start with grandma and then slowly I built up. I threw in a few other people. Who else was good, old and dead? Let's see. Mother Teresa. She's good, old and dead. So I talked to her a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know. You could throw in Gandhi, whatever. Anyway, something that is a positive spirit that isn't me that's out there that was just how i started and then it's it's grown and changed since then but it's the getting it open that's the hardest part listen the good thing about this program is you get to choose your own god so if you're having a problem with your higher power let's go back and revisit what you chose Everybody comes in with conceptions of a higher power. Well, Don, we've learned not to do absolutes in this show. So almost everyone comes in. I think everyone comes in with a conception of a higher power or a conception that there is nothing. And what we have to do is unattach our conception if it's negative and reattach it to something that actually works that we can find in AA. Unless we come in and we have a conception that it works, and then there's a relationship problem. The biggest thing I'm grateful about is that no one in AA has ever told me what I have to believe. Right. But the wonderful thing that has happened is that I have found the relationship that I need with whatever that thing is or isn't, and I'm doing okay. 
Yeah, and yeah, and I think with that you can then trust it. And for me, at least, coming into the room, I trusted no one. So can you relay an experience where you don't have a conception that works for you and yet something happened to you and you can say, okay, that's it. (laughs) Well, okay. So I I had tried AA in my 20s because my parents both had drinking problems and I thought I'd go as a preventative. And I went, I didn't really do much step work, but went to meetings and I had a sponsor And the sponsor happened to be a a priest named Father Jerry. He was really friendly and good to me and talked to me and was supportive, all that. And then, well, you know, eventually I decided, I think I'm going to go drink and see how much fun and trouble I can get into. And Jerry had at the time ran retreats for for alcoholics. So I moved forward 20 some years. Now I'm somewhere in an NA meeting dealing with this whole higher power thing. I finally found, you know, grandma and somebody came up to me and says, you look really rough. You know, I just came back from a retreat that were giving out these little booklets and stuff. And I, I think you could use it more than I could. And he hands it to me and it's a little book, uh, Prayers for Retreat by Father Jerry. 20 years later. The old Hmm. sponsor, somebody hands it to me in a meeting not connected and in not the same fellowship. That I took as a, oh, Ah. the way I find my higher power these days is something happens and I just go, what is the mathematical chances of that shit happen? (laughs) And just kind of go, look, okay, you can't make this stuff up, as they say, just because I'm smart. I'm not always that bright. And, And go, hey. Why don't you uh, know that you're on the right path, for lack of a better term? You know, so I, I do my my connection to my higher power every day. For the longest time, I just called it HP. And, you know, people wondered why Hewitt Packard was my higher power. <laughs> um, yeah, I used HP for a long time. Did you eventually get a sponsor to work through the steps? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I because I knew the jig was up for me. I mean, even though it's been since 2014, my sober date now is October 8th, 2018, because I've had several relapses, thankfully short, but I had to get more and more serious about my program and get really serious about talking to a sponsor and getting through these steps and doing service, just throwing myself into it. Talk about going through the steps. Were any of them an obstacle? Were any of them hard for you? Were any of the steps hard for me? Uh, were any of them not hard for me? Is an easier one. <laughs> I'm um, really glad you said that because you perfectly described it with the look on your face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can all see. But yeah, no, they are hard. Look, we're afraid of the pain to go through each of these steps. But we forget that the amount of pain was more intense when we were drinking and using than the the pain of us going through this is ever going to be. I mean, what did you feel like the day before you came in the room? Mm. And I guarantee you, your fifth step will not feel like that. (laughs) You know, and it's going to be freedom from that pain. But you got to believe that. And you're going to have to trust somebody. And when it's a little harder because some of the stuff is considered criminal and some of them are dark or. And everybody's story is different. It's just, I know I have to let people know if they're talking to me or we're doing step work. Listen, there's nothing you're going to tell me that is going to surprise me. Mm -hmm. You're just not. 
Well, and that's also why it's so important to build that relationship with the sponsor by working those first steps with them. There's a relationship, a trust that is built there. And if it's not developed, then maybe you need to look elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, like we'd say, you know, look for somebody who has what you want. Maybe we have see somebody who's genuinely, we don't know what the word is, but we think that's happy. And then you go and you approach them and see it. And it's like, it almost feels like you're asking somebody out on a date in the beginning. You know, it does, doesn't it? Oh, God, what if they say no and all that? Well, sometimes they do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if the same meetings aren't getting you somewhere, go to another meeting. I am a believer that sometimes we get better or we change, and the same meetings that worked for us don't work anymore. And it's okay to move on. That was my experience. I, when I was working with my first sponsor, I was going to one particular meeting a lot. As I got some time under my belt, several years, I was complaining to my sponsor that it's not doing this. They don't do this. They're... And she said, maybe it's time to look for a group that does. And so I did. Yeah. It took about a year of me sitting in that discomfort, though, to be finally willing to change from my first home group to my second. Yeah. The other one I really like is if you got up in the morning and you saw that your phone was at 10% or in the red, you would plug that in right away and you would wait there. You would sit there in that chair until it was up to like 40% or until you knew you could charge it again. But we will walk out of our house without talking to our higher power with no problem whatsoever. Sometimes you got the wrong charger for your phone. Maybe you need a different (laughs) charger. Maybe you need a different phone. You know, it's okay. People will switch with no problem. You can do that with meetings. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this. Yeah, you know. That's true. And if you start going to some different meetings, then you start meeting different people. I mean, it's amazing how you can get stuck into a small group of people inside of AA just from going to the same three meetings. Mm-hmm. And then you tend to see the same people and it tends to be that's all of AA. Then I like I've gone to a different meeting and there's a whole world of other people right here that I haven't even met. Sure enough. And even meetings can have a bad day. Don't judge it off of one meeting. Go two or three times and see what it feels like. One of the little signs for me is if I'm going to a meeting and I've gone to it regularly enough that I'm starting to eye roll the minute somebody starts to share. Okay, here we go again. You know, I'm prejudging. I'm not listening. I call them um, bathroom shares. Somebody's going to share, and I know what they're going to share about, so I'm going to get up and go to the bathroom. (laughs) It's just like, oh, well, I know what I'm going to hear. So if I'm not hearing new stuff or if I'm closing down, I have to look at that. It's probably more me because I'm not being open to listening. I went through that. There was this guy who said the same thing all the time. When I first came in, that guy was like speaking to me and I listened to him with great attention. It was like, God, this guy's got so much wisdom. And like a year and a half later, I'm going, God, he says the same thing all the time. He's talking to the newcomer. (laughs) He's saying the the fundamental things that a newcomer like me needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And then I start judging him. Well, he's not talking to me. (laughs) Everyone doesn't need to be speaking to me. You mean it's not all about you, Don? No. Whoa. It's not possible for it to be all about Don. 
It's all about me. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, hey, wait, wait a minute. I'm sitting here. It's all about me. You know, we're, we, we have spent our entire lives trying to prove Galileo wrong. The world revolves around me. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it revolves around us. <laughs> so, Christopher, what was the most rewarding thing that AA offered you? The third tradition. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. That I just had to have the desire to stop. That I could show up at a meeting drunk if I had to. And you would still love me. That is bottom line. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'll have 90 days. You know, I'll have 30 days, whatever. You know what? You, you got to the meeting. How hard is it sometimes just to get to the meeting? The amount of courage it takes. If you've got the desire, I'll work with you 200%. Let's work together. Come on, let's try. Christopher, thanks for joining us today. Indeed. I am so honored and I'm so glad that you two guys are helping so many people with your care about the program, as well as your copious dad jokes. <laughs> now, we're not making those up. Those are actual jokes from the grapevine or that people have called in. <laughs> well, I, sometimes I wonder, okay, if that's, mm -hmm. if that's our attraction rather than promotion, we're in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Christopher, thank you. Hey, Don, have we heard from any listeners? Why, yes, we have, Sam. It's time for listener feedback. Call 212-870-3418 or write us at podcast at aagrapevine.org. First, we have an email from Wake Q. I'm an alcoholic and my name is Wake. I was meditating the other day and I got to thinking about how the steps start with the foundation of I am powerless over alcohol and my life is unmanageable. And then the traditions end with the spiritual foundation of anonymity. And I thought that it would make a great topic for the show. I also would like to say how grateful I am that I was able to meet Don at the assembly last weekend. He really made me feel a part of the podcast by pulling an ask it basket question out of me. Thank you both and everyone involved in making the podcast, and I hope you will make it a great day and know that you are loved. Thanks, Wake. I like that idea. The steps start with I'm powerless, and the traditions start with anonymity. And to talk about how are those two things related, we're going to have to do that. Yeah, that's going to be a heady conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be. And Wake, it was a pleasure meeting you at the assembly last month. And we'll have that ask it basket question at some time in the future. Thanks for writing in, Wake. Next, we have something that I received on social media. A friend that I'm connected to there sent me this message. I am loving the Grapevine podcast. And my enjoyment is enhanced because I know you are doing something which you like. The question is... Is there really someone else in NC that participates? Or do you play both roles and just use a different voice? A, yes, we are two separate people. B, no, I play both roles. Or C, that's a trade secret and that can't be shared. That's from Ed D in Washington, D.C. <laughs> the truth comes out, Sam. The answer is D. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> what are you calling me? 
Arsha fiddle. <laughs> That's a throwback to granny. So yeah, Ed, seriously, you know, it's two separate people. Don is real. I'm looking at him right now. Kind of. Yeah. And Sam's real too. You've met him and he, he might be artificially intelligent. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to wait for your amends on that one. Okay. I'm calling my sponsor right after we finish recording. <laughs> And thanks for that message. That was fun. Don, I've got an update for you about Jeff C., who was recently on the podcast, who had decided to die. Yes, I remember that podcast and interview very well. Jeff was an interesting guy, and you actually have an update. I do. Jeff is still here. I got to sit down and have a visit with Jeff just a couple of days ago. At five weeks in hospice, Jeff decided that something's wrong here. I should be dead by now. And he went to his medical professionals and had some tests done. And his kidneys started working to the level that he no longer needs dialysis. And Jeff <laughs> has been traveling a little bit to be with some people that are important in his life. And he is now on his way home to Cumberland in Maryland. He's got a lot going on. What a journey he's been on. Yeah. Talk about letting go. It's <sighs> it's the ultimate letting go. So I just wanted us to take a moment and share that with our listeners who may have listened to that episode, just so you know that, that Jeff, is, um, Jeff is a special guy. Thanks, Sam. You can give a gift subscription of Grapevine or Lavinia. Grapevine has a long waiting list of incarcerated members who want one. Get your group, district, area, or AA friends to join in. It's easy. Go to aagrapevine.org and look for Carry the Message at the top of the site. I'm at the very wit's end. A construction worker, a rather large and menacing guy, enters a bar. He orders a beer, chugs it back, and bellows. All you guys on this side of the bar are a bunch of idiots. A silence descends. Anyone got a problem with that? The silence lengthens. He then chugs another beer and growls. And you guys on the other side of the bar are all scum. Once again, the bar is silent. Anyone got a problem with that? One lone man gets up from his stool and unsteadily starts to walk toward the man. You got a problem, buddy? Oh, no, I'm just on the wrong side of the bar. <laughs> it's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube.
All Things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.